Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. 1 Peter 3.15 tells us to be always ready to give each man or woman an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within us, and to do it with gentleness and respect. So as believers, we should always be ready to tell individuals why we believe what we believe and why we do the things we do as Christians or as saints. On today's episode, I wanted us to uh, talk about a very important topic that permeates not just the church, but also the world. Uh, We use this term uh, liberally, and we that are Christians, I believe, should have a firm grip on this topic so we can better explain to our neighbors, explain to our coworkers, explain to our family members why certain things happen in this life that we may not fully understand, but God has uh, inferred something, th- some things that uh, we can embrace in order that we may comfort others. And when we look at Genesis, Genesis talks about God's creation and everything that God created was good. So if God's creation is good and God is good, where does evil come from? And these are uh, some of the questions we want to visit today as we talk about the problem of evil. And as part of this discussion, we are very grateful to Dr. Clay Jones, who's uh, spent many hours, many days, many weeks working on this topic in terms of uh, ascertaining what the scriptures say about this topic in, in particular. And he's going to bless us this um, for this episode uh, Dr. Clay Jones, welcome to Sound Reasoning again. Thank you, Percy. It's a pleasure pleasure to be on. Thank you. And the last time you were on, uh, we, we do appreciate uh, you sharing your gifts with us. The last time you spoke with us about the updated count of the New Testament manuscripts. And today we're going to be talking about one of your favorite areas, and that's dealing with the problem of evil. So we're going to get right at it. So Please explain to us, explain to our listeners, what is evil? Well, it's a very, it's a very important question, obviously, when we talk about this. And, and uh, evil, we, when we talk about this apologetically, we talk about two kinds of evil. There is moral evil, uh, and that, of course, lying, slander, rape, you know, and, and so on. That's, those are murder. Those are moral evils. And then there's natural evils, um, which would be, include everything from you know, cancer, tsunamis, earthquakes, you know, I mean, common colds, rot, mold, whatever, all of those we would put into the category of natural evil. And, and so evil is just what, uh, in short, just sh- what shouldn't be. It, it's just not what God would want to have in the world because he is good and he is all, and er- or evil is what ought not to be. So then if we uh, extend the response you you just gave us, uh, it, is evil a normal or abnormal thing? Well, yeah, 
That's a very good question. You know, of course, in our society, in our world today, uh, evil is very, very, very normal. But there was a time when it was, of course, abnormal. There was a time, of course, when when Satan committed the first sin, and all of a sudden, I'm sure that was a shocking uh, event uh, for everyone in the kingdom of heaven, except for the God who would know uh, exactly what was going to happen. And, of course, when Adam and Eve lived on earth, evil was abnormal, but now evil is commonplace and normal. We see it everywhere, and, and uh, you can't read any newspaper, you can't listen to any broadcast any, any day of the week at any time without hearing about the, all kinds of evil. Appreciate that. So if God created everything, then uh, logically speaking, it seems like it will follow that God created evil, and if he did create evil, uh, then part two of my answer, uh, does that mean that God is evil? Well, that's, a, that, that's an important question, and a lot of people ask this. I think the key to it is, is God didn't create evil because evil isn't a thing. You can't locate, there's no place in the universe where there's some big black, gooey, blue-green mass of gunk uh, that we would call evil. There's no, you know, it's not like a purple-violet squishy thing out there that we would just call evil. That doesn't exist. There's nothing in the universe like that. Evil is the result of the misuse of the human will. And, uh, and that's exactly, Satan first misused his free will and, and uh, plunged, caused, led to war in heaven, and then humankind, Adam and Eve, misused their free will and started doing evil things. Uh, God, when Adam and Eve misused their free will, then if you read Genesis uh, carefully, uh, God then uh, cursed the ground, which uh, would enable every kind of what I always ask, what kind of pestilence, what kind of natural evil couldn't have been unleashed when God said to the ground, I curse you. I mean, I just can't even imagine what can't be unleashed by that. I think that, frankly, is the origin of, of natural evil, is from God cursing the ground. Then he kicked Adam and Eve out, removed them from the uh, Garden of Eden, which removed them also from the rejuvenating power of the Tree of Life. And we've been attending funerals ever since. Right. And so natural evil spring, sprang from the misuse of free will, and, of course, our, our, we misuse, we humans misuse our free will all the time, which causes more evil, and that's what we call moral evil. So, but evil, since evil isn't a thing, it is true that God made evil possible, but he made it possible just because he created free beings. Uh, he created beings that are free uh, and uh, who had free will. And so he did make evil possible, but, you know, and people will sometimes will say, well, God shouldn't have done that then. And I say, well, you, you know, you realize that your kids could rebel against you. In fact, they might hate your guts when right. you get to be an adult. And, uh, and, uh, but you still have kids, right? And everybody I've ever talked to goes, well, yeah, well, why do that if you know they can create evil? Some of them will be criminals, probably. I mean, some, right. some people's kids are going to end up being criminals. Why have kids at all? if you think they're going to do evil. Well, because we like having free beings around us. Right, right. So then this question of did God create evil is tied into free will. Uh, yeah. God creating the free will then uh, created the potential for evil. Is that what you're telling us? Yes, he created the potential for evil uh, because evil isn't a thing. Like I said, that, that's very important. It's not a thing. Evil is the result of the misuse of the human will 
or of any, well, that could also be an angelic will, but is uh, misuse of the will, that's where evil comes from. Uh, and and um, natural evil spring has in, on planet Earth has resulted from uh, Adam and Eve and other peoples, as humans today, misusing their free will. And then the extension of my second uh, question, uh, part B to it, was if uh, God uh, allowed evil, then isn't he evil? And that sounds to me like a categorical mistake. Well, yeah, I think it is. But I, 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 the, the key to me is to come up, is to use an analogy. And again, I, I go back to the parent thing. I know that you now have three children, uh, and uh, everybody that we know, you know, almost everybody that we know, uh, Jeannie and I weren't able to have children. We uh, had several miscarriages, but almost everybody we know wants to have children. Mm-hmm. Uh, but your bringing, I can't emphasize, I think I, I encourage everyone to think about this. When you decide to have children, you are bringing into, beings into the world that can choose to do great evil, and a lot of them will, let's face it. Right. Uh, and, and so if you say, well, well, yeah, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, but you know there's a very good chance, and we all know that our children are going to cause some evil. All of us, because everybody, well, sooner or later does. Right. Uh, so that's a hundred percent. You say, well, yeah, but I don't. They're not. They aren't necessarily going to be murderers, but they could be. And why take that chance? But see, because it's that's just a microcosm of what God's doing in the larger universe. That He just says, free beings are important. They're. I, I want to have them around. I don't want to be surrounded by robots. God could fill the world with robots if He wanted to, but He wanted beings that are sig- significant beings, and that's human beings, that's you and I. So would you say that based on uh, your last response that the only other alternative outside of the way things happen in terms of God's creating us uh, as free will beings, the only other alternatives that people don't like it would have us would have been us being created as androids. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, that is what I'm <laughs> saying. In fact, I've got an. It's it's interesting to me. I've got an article in the Christian Research Jur- Journal entitled "Sci-Fi Free Will and the Problem of Evil," and why th- one of the major themes of science fiction. I'm glad you used the word androids because one of the major themes of science fiction is about free will. One of the major themes. One of the, sometimes it goes with uh, humans create computer computer begins to think of its own, Mm -hmm. becomes Mm self-aware, computer then decides to destroy humankind, humankind spends the rest of the movie trying (laughs) to destroy computer. You see this in the Terminator movies, you see this in the Matrix movies, you see this, there's actually there's a host of them, I won't go on naming them, but but you keep finding this theme, and then you find, uh, you know, there's movies where they, people, where, uh, uh, like Blade Runner, uh, where they're you know, this guy goes out, uh, played by Harrison Ford, and he's, he's destroying these free will beings, that, that these robots, these androids, that basically get free will. Because what? They start doing the wrong, wrong thing. Mm. They start thinking freely. But here's the interesting thing. I've never known a, a, scientific, a science fiction movie ever, not even one time. I've never known a science fiction movie uh, or any work of science fiction, whether movie or not, to conclude that with all the trouble that there is in the world because of free will, right. that humans would be better off without it. Mm. Because 
I, the only in the Stepford Wives, this has been made twice originally with Ally McGraw in the seventies, and and then recently with Nicole Kidman. I mean, the men of Stepford decided that they were tired of their free thinking wives, and so they, roughly speaking, turned them into robots. Right. Well. That's just, I mean, nobody really, I mean, nobody, that's because we don't like other people's free will, right? We we want our free will, but we don't want other people necessarily to have their free will. Right. But nobody, uh, if I might say, nobody really wants a, a, a robot spouse because the most realistic, we all know that the most realistic robot spouse in the world would be just three steps above inflatable. <laughs> Thank you for uh uh, unpackaging that for us. So, yes. so if God is not the cause of evil, which we, we've already established, then why does he allow evil to exist? And I, you, you touched on it earlier, but if you could just further elaborate. Well, I think, well, one, if he stopped, if he immediately, like, stops, he will one day end all evil. He will. Uh, if he did it today, um, let's face it, most people are going to have to be obliterated right off the bat. He's actually patient with us that he allows these free beings to go around and do the evil that he does. That's a sign of God's patience. The question is, why isn't, you know, there's, this has a lot of corollary questions. Why doesn't God step in and prevent more evil than he does? Right. But the trouble with that question is, is how much evil should he prevent? For instance, I asked one uh, radio talk show host, an, an atheist, as a matter of fact, on KFI. I said to him uh, uh, one day, so... Uh, if one million Jews died in the Holocaust instead of six million, would you go, that's okay? And he said, of course not. I said, well, 10,000 Jews died in the Holocaust, would that be okay? Of course not. I mean, really, it comes down to if one Jew dies in the Holocaust, are you going to be okay with that? Of course not. But you see, God knows how much evil to allow to get, and here's, I think, the big point. He's trying to teach humankind the stupidity of evil. Mm. He's trying to teach us, and I hope if everybody can take this in, it'll serve us all well forever. He's teaching by allowing beings to do evil, to do things like Auschwitz. One of the things that Auschwitz and the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia, the many millions of people murdered in China and the Soviet Union and on and on and on, one of the things that this does, and not to mention now I think about it, the 55 million babies be- being killed in, so far since 1973 in the United States, what he's doing is, is he's allowing us all to see, you know, humans aren't good. And evil really is bad. And I think that he's kind of like a parent who says to his teenager, the teenager says, you know, I'm going to do this and I don't care what you say. And sometimes parents go, well, okay, go knock yourself out. Right. You know, see, see how that works for you. Right. And I think that on a much larger scale, the Lord said, so you don't think I know best. Okay, well, I'm going to just step back and I'm going to let you just do your thing. And so here we are doing our thing in a world run amok. So when you look at this current state of this nation, Dr. Jones, in terms of your research on evil and your study on uh, on the Bible, what are some of the corollaries that you see in terms of uh, the way that our governance is, governance is in terms of shutting God out or excluding God and, and uh, uh, that comment that you just made in terms of uh, God allowing certain things to happen uh, so we can see that we're out of step with his will. Well, I, I, I do think that uh, that we have, I mean, our society is ever more rejecting God, and that's creating and any kind of belief in God. It used to be we had an inherited morality 
from from a Christian worldview. Now people are getting away from the even the inherited Christian worldview. In other words, uh, the, you, the generation ago, you had a lot of people that that even though they weren't Christians, they kind of went, "Well, this is right and this is wrong." But now that we've cast that off too, and people go, "Well, it, truth is just what I make it to be." Yeah, we're we're in a heap of trouble here. But God is, again, he's not out of control. He's able to go, well, see how you like it. Cast off my principles. Cast off, you know, what I say and how to live, how to live your life and see how you like it. And that's what we're doing. I appreciate that uh, response. And, that's... and I, I think, by the way, I should add in, I, I contend that what God's doing is he's preparing us to be fit citizens. Mm. Those of us who, can, who tune into Jesus who become Christians, he's preparing us to be fit citizens for the kingdom of heaven forever mm. and ever. Mm. And how does he do that? Well, I'll tell you one of the ways that he does that is we learn here, we learn here that sin is stupid. Right. And I don't know, you know, I don't know of a better way to learn that sin is stupid <laughs> than to go through and live this world. And right. So this, you know, of course, non-Christians don't get it. They still think it's just, you know, that the, that God's just holding us back from having fun. Right. But those that have eyes to see it are looking at this and going, this is really bad. We're going in a very, very bad direction. Help! And, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, but I think this prepares us. I contend that this prepares us to be fit citizens of heaven, where God can set us free in his kingdom, uh, as Dallas Lewis put it, to do what we want to do. And yet we're going to go, you know what, we did the rebellion thing. We saw how that worked. That's not so good. Mm. We're not going to go down and do the rebellion thing anymore. Right, right. So us having to deal with evil, uh, that's part of God's greater good? Yes, that's part of the plan. Yes, absolutely. Because there is something... You know, I don't. I think you can know good without having ever experienced evil. I'm, I'm sure you can. But I'll tell you, uh, I think everybody would agree. You really appreciate a a beautifully ripe peach once you've bitten into one that was lousy. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's something about that you really do appreciate goodness and and compassion and self-sacrifice because you've seen the opposite of it. Right. In fact, in a world without free will. Think about it. You wouldn't know if there's no free will. You're not going to have a world where selfishness is even possible. In fact, if there's not a world where there's evil, there even you, even a world has to contain some uh, suffering or at least potential suffering for self-sacrifice and selflessness and compassion and courage to mean anything. Because if there's no suffering, then there's nothing to lose, and so those things don't mean anything anymore. Right. And so God's create allows this world to exist where humans are running amok and doing their own thing. And guess what? Here we are, and we're suffering, and we're all going to die. And I always like to point out, you know, that people go, well, it seems like evil's un, um, not equally distributed. Well, it's true that some people in their lives suffer more than others, but I would remind, I always remind everybody, let's not forget something, that everyone that's out there listening to us today you're going to watch every single person you know die from murder, accident, or disease. And the only thing that's going to prevent you from watching every single person you know die from murder, accident, or disease will be your own death from murder, accident, or disease. <laughs> so I always kid and say, so have a nice day. 
That's the human condition. Nobody's right. getting out of this life alive, right. barring the Lord's return. And we're going to watch. And we're going to watch. Everyone else isn't gonna, that we know isn't going to get out alive either. And so there's suffering is everywhere because God told Adam and Eve, on the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Yeah, that's right. They decided God didn't know what He was talking about, and we've been attending funerals ever since. That's right. That's right. Thank you uh, for making that clear. And lastly, uh, we only have a couple of minutes left. Why do bad things happen to good people? Well, and and I wish, th- boy, this is something you and I could talk about for an entire show sometime. And, <laughs> and we'll do I that. And <laughs> I spent a lot of time, hours on this. Uh, I'm going to give you the first answer, and this may sound glib. It's not even remotely glib, but there are no good people. Right. There are no good people. And I develop that at length when I have the opportunity. Uh, let me put it to you like this. I've studied genocide for years. For a couple of years, I studied genocide for basically two years. The, the Cambodia, the Nazi genocide, what happened in the Soviet Union, the Rwandan genocide, and on and on. I studied those for years. And I'll tell you, I, I, an interesting fact came out of it. Every genocide researcher I know, and I do mean every single one of them to a person, and not only that, not only every genocide researcher that I know, but every genocide victim that I know, and I mean every single one of them to a person, has concluded that it's the average member of a population that commits genocide. And that's a tr- tremendously sobering fact. There's something, you see, there's something wrong with the race of Adam, because the race of Adam mm-hmm. wa- happens to like to kill. Hmm. And when I brought up, you know, in my teaching, when I first started teaching this, I brought up the abortion issue. I said, you know, we've killed millions and millions of babies. In fact, the total right now, I think, is 55 million here in the United States. And this woman friend of mine said, you know, she says those other examples really help your point, but the the abortion one weakens your point because most people don't think abortion's wrong. And I said, well, that's my point. Right. Most of, you know, our killing is okay. It's the other people's killing we don't like. The weakened weakened suction scraper scalded to death millions of babies. Suction scraper scalded to death millions of babies and go, yeah, but, you know, hey, it's my right to choose. Right. Well, this is just evil, folks. This is just pure evil. And, uh, you know, I mean, you can call what people are going to go, no, it's not. Well, that just shows you. Believe me, most of the Nazis didn't think it was evil to kill the Jews either. Right. Not to cut you off, Dr. Jones, we are uh, just about out of time. But if uh, if you're willing and prayerfully, I'd like to just uh, we'll get together again and uh, continue this discussion because it's so necessary. And again, There's a lot to say, Perseus, and you know, one of the big things, we didn't even get off to really talk about eternal life, which is God's answer to evil. Right. But we can, if you want, I'll be glad to do it with you another time. And we'll do, we'll do that. Thank you so much for being on the show, and have a blessed and great holiday. Thank you, you Dr. Too, Jones. And so same to your listeners. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. 
Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. The love of God is immeasurable. It's unchanging. It's indescribable. Because God loves you so much, you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on Scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.